0: Hello lovely ladies and welcome to Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. And it's so great to have you with us today. Hello Courtney. How are you doing my friend on the other
1: side of the world? Lana, I am good. We have cooled off. We get this beautiful gem of a week where we've got just these gorgeous temperatures. It's not blazing hot but it's not too cold so I think I spent an hour and a half sitting out on my porch last night, sitting while it rained, watching my hummingbirds, so we're doing good. How about you? I am good.
0: Before I say, uh, give you the atmospheric update of Sydney this morning, I will say, ladies, Courtney sent me a video yesterday of her, well, she was sitting on her porch and it was raining and that little hummingbird was flying around. I tell you what, I wanted to jump through the screen of my phone into that space. Like, oh my goodness, so beautiful. Like just the sound of the rain and the hummingbirds. It was beautiful. Anyway, that just delighted my heart yesterday, so I thought I'd share it with you all. Um, But here, yes, I am good, but I want to just give you all a heads up. Hopefully I will not invite you into a coughing fit this morning. Uh, We are having a bit of a hazard burning off reduction. Is that what they call it, where the firefighters burn lots of shrub away because summer's coming? But it is incredibly smoky here in Sydney this morning, so I have blocked every possible entrance to my home with towels and closed doors but it's still quite smoky in here so uh i am good but if you hear me coughing that's why anyway moving on to happier things (laughs) one of my incredible friends is here with us this morning anita alexander is here and oh my goodness i am just I'm so excited that you're here, my friends. So,
2: hello. It's so hello. good to have you. It's so great to be with you all today. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be really good. And ladies, let me tell you that uh, Anita and I have had many a conversations. I say this all the time when Anita jumps on out, but I, I just think, you know, this is fun facts. But we've had many long conversations Over the years, we have gone deep into the things of the Lord, and then we have also delighted in the things that make our hearts happy, right? Like salt and vinegar chips, yes, and baklava and cheesecake. So, all you salt and vinegar, baklava, cheesecake lovers, you can give us an amen. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Yes, we have eaten them in that combination together. We yes. have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we have. We have. Oh my goodness. I, I tell you what, before we dive into the incredible things God has this morning for this podcast, I will say there is a, a very heated discussion in my house constantly around the love and hate relationship of salt and vinegar chips. Who would have known? Mm. Doesn't everybody mm. love salt and vinegar chips? I know. No. no. I do. Anyway.
1: Most of my children do, but I think that they get that strong gene. It's a strong, I think it's a strong lineage, passes down your line. Right? At least that's what I'm <laughs> going with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you can all agree with me and, and we can pray for Kevin and Elijah, right? Because we uh, have a
1: very <laughs> strong
0: dislike for us. salt video chips. They obviously have not entered into the revelation that we no. are walking at. <laughs> anyway. All, uh, all jokes and, and fun things aside, Um, ladies, I am so excited. Courtney and I are so excited about this conversation. Mm-hmm. We really feel like uh, there's a real expectancy in our spirits this morning for what the Lord is going to do. Yeah. And I've been friends with Anita for, how long has it been now? What do you reckon? A lot of years. Eight. Like eight. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, I will say this, and I don't throw words around, ladies. You know, I'm very, um, I love words, and so words mean a lot to me. But meeting Anita and the Lord connecting us was one of the highlights of my life. Like the Lord brought her into my life, and it has been like one of the biggest blessings of my life. And so um, I have watched and walked with Anita for eight years now, and watch the way that she walks with the Lord in such deep intimacy and reverence, and walks in the fear of the Lord, um, but also carries the the prophetic word of the Lord and and discerns the times and the seasons in such a spectacular way. Um, I, I watch the way that Anita hears from God, but then the way she stewards the word with such purity and releases it with such boldness. Um, I've watched time and time again, the way that she she's so graced and anointed to bring shift and breakthrough and, uh, and really bring clarity. She's such a revivalist. So this morning, you're going to be so blessed by this episode, by, by this incredible friend of mine and the spirit of God through her. So Anita, let me ask you, who is Anita Alexander for those that may be listening and meeting you for the first time?
2: Well, g'day everyone. I am a true blue Aussie. Uh, I love everything Australian. Um, and yeah, I've just been so privileged to know Lana these years. It was a divine appointment. It was to- God just brings these people into your life that you do life with. And I just feel so honoured in our relationship and God is just so beautiful bringing uh, her as a gift to me. So I just want to reciprocate that, Lana, because I was very touched by all those words. I'm a weird affirmation person, so I'm like oozing with love right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, so I I live on the Gold Coast with my family. Um, I've got five kids, but three at home so two are grown up and out of home i have a grandbaby she's only 10 months old my little g she's beautiful and uh yeah so my husband and i we like we're quite pioneering kind of um people so we've um we've got our, our home community here on the gold coast golden city church that we lead and we do training schools we're really super I guess, passionate about training and equipping. And we travel itinerant, we go to the nations, we encourage, we support, we equip, we, yeah, we just love the body of Christ. Uh, and we just are really passionate about serving the body of Christ and, and I guess just doing our lane, doing our piece that God's given us to do. And, and, yes, yeah, so, um, that's kind of us. I don't know. I uh, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and we just love Jesus with our whole heart. I guess that's the most important thing of yep. all, isn't it? And so we just, yeah. I guess, we're super yeah. passionate about uh, sharing the love of Jesus, and and I guess, yeah, Kingdom Come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So yeah, yeah that I don't know. Yeah, beautiful,
1: beautiful, and I love I love that you touched on because it's really it's. Intimacy with Christ is like the central focus like that is earlier this week. The Lord was talking to me a little bit about intimacy and he was like, Courtney, when intimacy is your focus in relationship with me, all other things you will guard against and for and protect all other things in a way that will not come if pure law or obedience is your focus of relationship with me. And he kind of equated it to, you know, the, the sheep, the shepherds versus the hired hands. And, you know, just the difference of what it looks like when intimacy with Christ is your main focus, that's your main central part of what you're looking at, what you're moving towards, um, the way that that shapes how you interact with him and how you interact with everything else in the world. Like, it, I don't know, it's, it's such a huge um, foundational piece that I think the church is, hmm, I don't want to say waking up to, but at times it kind of feels that way. Um, when we realize like, actually we're, we're called to intimacy and from that obedience will come. Um, but that's the central, that's the central focus and it has a different look to it. It has a different, like the fruit that comes out of it is just incredible. So I love that you said lovers of Jesus, we love Jesus (laughs) and to equip people from that place is incredible. Like that's we're so all of the body of Christ. Thank you
2: <laughs> for what you're doing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks Courtney.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. So I, I'm sure, you know, by now that, um, Lana and I've spent a lot of time in song of songs. Um, we've did a whole podcast series on song of songs, just walking through what it looks like, uh, what it looks like for the Shulamite, what it looks like for us, as the bride of Christ and what it means to be the bride of Christ. And so the main thing that we like to start these sessions with is because um, we want to know what this looks like from your perspective, Anita, from your relationship with Jesus, what does it mean to you to be the bride of
2: Christ? That is such a loaded question. We start. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's great. But what a loaded question. Um, so what is it? Oh man, that, you know, let's sit here for 10 years.
1: So that is so
2: huge. Um, but for me, like, let's just pull out one piece or a couple of kind of thoughts around that. Um, what does it, what does it look like to be the bride of Christ? For me, there's a couple, a couple of, um, I guess things that come to mind kind of, you know, like off the top of my head that, or the top of my heart, let's say. Um, for me, I think mm-hmm. of, I think of, you know, we think of love. That's the first thing. We think of love, don't we? We think of a bride, a bridegroom. We think, well, love. Love is the thing that surrounds this picture of, of this um, relationship that has been equated to a bride and a bridegroom, that our love for Jesus has been... Mm-hmm metaphorically displayed as a bride and a bridegroom. And so for us as the body to be the bride for me um, is a picture of being fully in love and fully separate, fully consecrated and fully his. So um, not kind of a partial, uh, it's not kind of like a part-time situation. It's not kind of like a, a Sunday a Sunday session of love, oh, but it's, it's a daily. It's a daily love session, a daily love feast, a daily a daily pursuit of our beloved. And I guess Song of Songs is definitely a book of pursuit. I, that's that's how I always view Song of Songs. For me, it, um, it's a book of pursuit. You know, come away, come away, draw me, and I will run. You know, that's I guess my signature heartbeat is I will run after you, and so. Um, for me, the bride looks like she's always in pursuit of her beloved, and and also another kind of, I guess, way of looking at it is um, always being in in prepar- in that pursuit is a space of being prepared, because we must remember Revelation nineteen actually says that you know the bride has made herself ready, so there is this this responsibility. Uh, with the bride to be made ready. Now that that topic, being made ready, is is like that's what we could kind of camp on for a long time. But the being made ready is, um, I guess, what Genesis to Revelation really unpacks, um, and and being positioned in a space of what that looks like, what is being made ready looks like, um, and obviously there's a requirement to be ready for the for the for for him um and you know there is a process that we enter in as we surrender our life to Christ we enter that day a process a process of um being made ready and yeah we could we could go into that i guess so mm-hmm. i just yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I really, um, I really feel that Anita. Like when you said it, just then I was like, "Oh, okay." I feel like that's there's really breathing on that. And I want to say before we dive into that, like what you said about um, the bride being in love and fully consecrated and fully his. It reminds me that, and you know this, Anita. We've had lots of conversations about this, Courtney. You know too. Like when. the Lord started speaking to me about the new era years ago. He said to me, Lana, a new era is coming, he said, and when that new era comes, he said, there will be a heralding call um, over the church to be all in, like I am going to, like I'm bringing uh, such a refiner's fire and such a purifying fire that would um, call my people back to, if we can call it, like the first love, like back to this where jesus christ takes center stage in my heart again like and and that's what it means um for me to walk as the bride like i think about my relationship with kev like before we got married like who's had the conversations on the phone where like you're like you know you hang up no you hang up like you want to delight in their presence like that 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 place of love—it's not obligation; it's it's delight. Like I, I, I'm thinking about you all the time. Like I'm so in love with you. Like you've captured my heart, and the place of intimacy really flows from that place. And so, as you were speaking and you said that, I was thinking all in. And then you were talking about being prepared, and I feel like we're entering, or we have entered into a time now where that feels weightier to me than it has before like it's always felt weighty but it feels like the 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 heart of the lord for us as the church as the bride as the collective to make ourselves ready i think is i'm feeling it's louder than ever and as you were sharing it i could feel the the weight of the fear of the lord on that so uh, courtney if you're okay with that like i think we should um definitely go that that way
1: yeah 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 i definitely i agree and What I was what I was hearing, uh, Anita, is you were saying, you know, that it's a bride and she's always in pursuit. And I heard the Lord say she's also always pursued. So it's a bride that understands in her pursuit. She is pursued constantly by the Lord. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I love and that shifted things for me in my world was was reading through the Song of Songs and realizing like his pursuit for me his love for me is so much more than i than i can comprehend quite honestly it is um more steadfast than i've ever given it credit for Um, it's it's constant and it's it's that um you know i keep coming back to these last couple of days i also keep coming back to song of songs eight where he's talking about like set me as a seal upon your heart you know just that it's you're branded you're completely and forever changed but part of that for me was understanding and really allowing the lord to pursue me to see myself as the object that he he wanted to like the one that he wanted to love because and, and once i did that then the pursuing him that comes that's like second nature at that point like when you see and you allow yourself to be so wildly loved in the way that he loves you, that he is so completely obsessed with your freedom and with your deliverance and with taking you where he wants you to go and, and uh, bringing out all the beautiful things that he's put inside of you to the world. When, when you begin to understand that, you know, you do see the bride that is always in pursuit of him because it's, it's everything, you know, it it becomes your focus like we were talking about earlier, that intimacy becomes your focus. And I love the way that the Lord does that for me, because I feel like he always, he bears the lion's portion of it. You know what I mean? He bears, he bears the heaviest weight, um, in relationship that, and that he is, he is holy. He is the holy one. And and we are, you know, we are his children, but he bears that weight and the freedom that that opens up and just the way that he, um, he loves us into being ready. (laughs) He loves us through that process of being made ready for me has been something that has, um, you know, because none of us are perfect and on our, on our walk and the things that we learn and we discover as we are being made ready, it'll bring up a lot of stuff that comes up and out. Um, but that steadfast love has been that marker for me where it's like, I know I can go into conversation with him and I can let down that guard I can let down. Um, he knows me. He knows who I am. He sees me for who I am. And there's a, there's a rest in that for me that has been like uh, fueling in many ways. If that, if that makes sense. Mm.
2: Yeah. 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 I love that. Ready. Sure. I love, I love how um, with song, a song, the first chapter, verse two, she, she opens up and her first, I guess, the opening line of the bride is let him kiss me. And (laughs) so it, it, she just dives right in to this, this, this intimate connection. It doesn't warm up. It doesn't build up. It's just this, just let him kiss me. And so, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I was as I meditate upon what has been prepared look like. What is? Um, how does this this kind of we unpack this preparation? Because I, w- I was led to Revelation nineteen and how it says, you know, the bride has made herself ready. But then it talks about and now she is granted with white garments, white linen garments um, that are pure. And 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 it just really stood out to me because and it says then that these white linen garments are the righteous acts of the saints. And so I'm like, oh, this is an interesting thought that mm. these garments actually speak of something. It's not just, you know, we think, oh, it's purity, and no, actually, the acts there are there are actually a response of our love. Act, the, the garments that the bride is clothed in is actually a it, it, it says something. It, it actually has a voice, and mm. the voice is the the I guess the walk of faith really, of the beloved because the righteousness is not our own righteousness, but we're now under a new covenant of faith. And I just felt like I wanted to go into that for a sec um, oh. because the letting kiss me, how do we pre- be prepared? Like what what is that, what do these white garments look like? White, it's obviously a purity. It's a walk of purity. It's a walk of devotion. Um, but this devotion equals faith. It's not, you know, faith is the devotion. It's believing him. And I had this dream recently where the Lord was um, showing me that unbelief is actually spiritual adultery. And he, mm. He, like, we, what is this, you know, we can have all. God's view of love is different to our worldly view. Our worldly view is this gooey, mushy, we feel all gooey and But that actually doesn't translate in the spirit. Like, yeah, we do in his presence feel all gooey and we do have those encounters. But what what about when those encounters aren't there? What about when we can't feel him? What about what what does love look like then? And that's what God wants to take us to a higher maturity of what love looks like instead of our, our, excuse the expression, but pea brain kind of like tiny picture of this this love and when we don't feel gooey and mushy and that he loves me and I don't feel all this space. Oh, well, he doesn't love me. And no, 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 no. God's act our actual love walk is faith. And yes. and and that is the righteous garments of the Acts of the Saints is is a is a when a bride is fully in love, she is actually in belief. Mm-hmm. So you can't separate believing him and loving him. Um, because and and so I just want to just let's share do it. with um yeah yeah am I going all over the shop? I hope I'm not. No, I'm, no, 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 no. Let's do it. Say oh, that.
1: I, say that one more time. <laughs> say that one more time, Anita. A bride fully in love is a bride in belief. Is that what she said?
2: Yeah. Who walks in faith? Who believes yeah. him? Walks so he has her heart. What I, I feel like what I want to demonstrate or give a picture of today is when God truly has our heart we truly believe him. It's not, It's not. oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, you know. No, the actual fruit of him having our heart is him having our belief. We believe him. And so when those areas where we doubt, those areas we don't believe, we're not, as John says, we're not matured in love. We're not perfected in love. Um, and so you know as we go back to song of song 1 verse 2 she says let him kiss me and so I've done a Hebrew study on that that verse kiss mm. actually means um to conquer mm. so the lord she's like let him conquer me let him conquer my heart and because obviously the heart is what what he is the relationship, right? Um, we know it's not our our works, our deeds. It's our hearts, and from that, as you were saying, Courtney, that's where our obedience flows. That's where it all flows. Yeah. So he wants to conquer our hearts. He wants to conquer the areas of unbelief. He wants to conquer the areas where we don't see correctly, where we don't where where our belief factor is not aligned correctly with truth, with who he is, with what he says, with with that kind of um, space and so he has to conquer our heart and how does he conquer our heart this is this is so cool because in the hebrew there's another word for that same hebrew word nasak which actually means to kindle like fire so so when he conquers us he he his fire is his kiss so he purifies mm-hmm. our heart By his fire, which is his love. He is an all-consuming fire. We know that. So when he wants to, when we come close to him, what are we going to experience? We're going to experience his fire. What does his fire do? His fire challenges, it purifies, it brings to the surface those impurities that are in our heart that we're not really that aware of, but they are the things Mm -hmm. that stand between us believing him, which equals loving him, right? Because Jesus said, if you love me... You will obey me. They're the righteous acts of the saints. Jesus said, when I come back, what am I after? I'm looking for faith, right? So he's he's looking for a bride that is spotless because she's in faith, because she believes him. So to believe him is not us trying to conjure up this, I believe you, I believe you, I, I try and I believe you. No, it's the let him kiss me. Let him purify me, let him conquer that the areas that are wounded. Because when we're wounded, that's when we're skew with, we don't believe him. We, 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 uh-huh. we're, in, we're in really allegiance to another, yeah. And so that's what, that's what, yeah, that's what loving him is, and that's what a bride to me means is breaking and divorcing all allegiance to another and that means for me to divorce my allegiance with believing lies so when i choose to repent from believing a lie i'm divorcing myself from that covenant because a covenant is an agreement so when i'm in agreement with something else i'm actually walking in spiritual adultery i know it sounds heavy but it's the truth because that i had this dream and in the dream the lord showed me that my that any area that we may have in our life where we're believing something else, we're actually in covenant with, and so we're, that equals spiritual adultery, you know. And so mm-hmm. he's after ultimately, he's after our faith, he's after our belief, he's after us to wholeheartedly believe him. That's why Abraham was the father, and he was the friend. He was the friend because he believed God to a point where he denied himself and offered Isaac. And that, I guess, is, you know, we think, oh, God, you know, God doesn't really require a lot. He actually does. I've learned in my life he actually requires everything. And if we want to be close to him and we want to be the bride, he will require everything. And, And we have to get our head around that. Um, because this worldly mindset of love and romance is so fickle and it is so minimal and Jesus's idea of romance is is I want all of you I'm not I'm not settling for half of you. I'm not settling for some of you. I'm wanting all of you And so that's why she said let him kiss me because on our part there is a part our part of being prepared is the let part. Let we have to let let him kiss me it wasn't like oh kiss me She's actually speaking to a heart and she's saying let him conquer me through his fire let him purify my heart we look at malachi 3 and it says that he will come who can endure the day of his coming because he's like a refiner's fire and full of soap and he wants to purify the sons of levi that they may what offer offerings and righteousness well we're all now priests in new covenant we're kings and priests so as he dealt with the levitical priesthood he's going to deal with us and he's going to purify us so that we offer in the old covenant offerings were the way that they approached god well what does romans 12 say our new covenant offering is our life mm-hmm. and so the way that we come to god we offer ourselves as paul said as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him. And I love the Amplified Version. It says, for this is your spiritual and intelligent worship. Yes. So really smart Yes, and intelligent, we've got to offer our life. And what does what responds to offerings? It was his fire. His fire response mm-hmm. is his response to our let, let him yes. kiss me. So the offering of righteousness, let's go back to, to, to Revelation 19, they're the garments of white. They're the righteous acts of the saints, a bride who has been fully purified by his love, by his kisses, by his addressing these these allegiances we have to other things, whether it be bitterness, unforgiveness, whether it be, you know, what what, mindsets, whatever it is, it's a process. To be prepared is a process.
1: Yeah. And it's one of love, and it's one of it is like I love how you said it does require something, and so I remember really starting. A, I guess it was back in like 2019. The Lord was really doing a deep work, and He was just telling me, like Courtney, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, yes, because in order to break free from some of those things that were going on, those beliefs, those deeply held things that were underneath the surface that actually drive the direction that you go, they have to kind of be exposed in a way. And I don't think he, like he, his goal is not to be mean and nasty with us. Like he's not mean and nasty, but he, he's okay with letting us be uncomfortable long enough. So we see what's there and Mm -hmm. we decide we either go on in agreement with it, or we say, no, I'm, it's time for this to be removed and it's time for truth to come in. And that does work itself out in relationships many times through relationship with him, through relationship with other people. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's actually a really good thing. It means wonderful things are happening and are about to happen. And it's, you know, those beliefs. I love that you talked about that, Anita, because that is huge. And I don't think many of us realize that like a lot of that goes, that's unseen a lot of times. That's a lot of it is underneath the surface. And so when we get in these Places where the fire comes up and stuff gets hot it allows things to come up to the surface and it's actually sometimes while it is very uncomfortable one of the most loving things that he can do for us because it allows us to see what's holding us back and what needs to be removed and what what is pure and what is good not only exposes the things that are not good so that they can change. But the things that are good, it purifies them even more. They become even more brilliant, even more radiant. And that's to his glory in every possible way. And there was one thing I wanted to touch on too, because when you were speaking, I kept hearing Psalm 45. It's Psalm 45, verse 10. It says, listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Now, this is also from the wedding. What do they call it? The wedding song or the wedding psalm. Uh, yeah, let's see here. The wedding song is what Brian Simmons has titled this one. But it says, listen, oh, daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. And I remember I did a deep dive on this verse in particular, and I learned that in this day and age, when this was written, brides were often won in battle, whether it was a conquering nation or something. And if it was a nation that, that a, a army or king had come in and had, and had conquered, and the bride was taken, uh, or the, the women, woman was taken, she had an opportunity to mourn her people, mourn her nation that was lost. Many times that involved cutting her hair, shaving her head, cutting her nails, getting rid of her clothing, because it was was a complete casting off of what was and a renewal into what was now to be. And so when you read that verse where it says, forget your own people and your father's house, so the king will greatly desire your beauty. That's a picture of a bride that has fully put aside what was, and Mm -hmm. she is fully fully embracing the what is and allowing the Lord to beautify her. (laughs) She's allowing the Lord to, you know, grow her wisdom and, and be the one, even like it says in song of songs where the, the essentially it's the Trinity speaking. And he's like, we, you know, we will, we will greatly uh, increase your beauty. Like I've taken that one before and I'm like, all right, Lord, (laughs) this is the word of the Lord. I'm going to hang on to that one. But I, I love that because it is very much. Sometimes we, we don't think about the things that are uncomfortable as being the things that are actually purifying or making what's beautiful, even more beautiful. Um, and I, I really love that you mentioned Abraham because Abraham is near and dear to my heart. Um, as one who has had a long faith journey in particular areas, I have taken great solace in his story and that, you know, he dialogues with the Lord. He's like, what good is it that you give me the land when I don't even have a son? Yes. And then the Lord says, Oh no, I'm going to do that. And then he says, Oh, well, you know, how about you bless my, my servant? And the Lord says, no, not plan B, yeah. plan A, I'm going to give you a child from your own loins, from your own lineage. Um, and it was through that story that I see the absolute relentless pursuit of the father yeah. to make sure that we, we receive so the best from That's him. So you know, that, that passion that he has for us to absolutely receive the fullness of what he has for us. And, and you know, and I love the, the grace that he has for Abraham too, like Abraham laughed. And it wasn't like, a, oh, I don't think it was like, a, oh, I'm delighting in the Lord. It was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, has the Lord ever said something to you that's so good? You're, you look around, you're like, is that, was that real? Like, did he really say that? Or am I just wanting things to be great? <laughs> you know, and I, I think, and he's done that for me before where he said he's spoken things to me and I thought that's just too good. And then in his kindness, he brings it. And I'm like, okay, that's the level of good that you want for your, for your people. But I, I just, man, I loved all of that. I was, Lana was, um, I could see Lana about to fall out over there at some points too. (laughs) Through
0: all of that. Yeah. I was like, wow, if anyone needs me, uh, I'll just be on the floor down there because I just, the weight of his presence when you were, you were sharing Nita, like, I just, I, I felt again that, that, invitation into encounter that fire of first love but at the same time I was like oh my goodness like the fear of the Lord like I can feel the weightiness of the fear of God like You know, and I think, again, I'm going to say it again, like I think we're in the hour where the Lord is restoring that fear of the Lord to the church. He's restoring um, the revelation that he is, yes, he's loving and he's kind and he's beautiful and he's king, uh, uh, sorry, and he's God, but he's he's also king. And there's also this place that I feel like the Lord is bringing us into where, um, you know, we see him, as lord like he is the lord of my life like he's not just my best friend he's not um just you know he's not jesus my backpack like he is he's the king of kings He's the Lord of Lords. He's the one who sits uh, in the heavens and laughs, right? He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. And he's the one who, you know, by, by the, the, his very breath and the smoke out of his nostrils, right, the, the, the earth trembles and the mountains shake. And just as you were sharing, Anita, I felt that so heavily. I felt it so strongly, like this restoration of, of awe. And the more I come into his presence, like the more I see him, and the more his fire falls on me, like you said, Courtney, like it, it. sometimes it's just not comfortable and I have to be okay with not being comfortable, that fire of the Lord doesn't cause me to run from him. Yeah. It causes me, it, it it propels me towards him. It causes me to pursue him like I've never pursued him before. And I think, you know, you said these words, Anita, I wrote it down Um we have to come into a place of the higher maturity of love, and I think that sometimes I know in my own life as a, a young believer for many years, when the correction of the Lord would come, when the uh, when the discipline of the Lord would come, I would go, "That's not God." Like I don't feel good right now, so that can't be the Lord. Like I haven't got Holy Ghost farms. I actually feel quite not. Right, so that can't not be awesome. God, right? <laughs> But it's not condemnation, it's not shame. It is a good father who loves me and is loving me to life. He's That's loving right. me to the place of growing up into who I already am in him yeah. and who he's created me to be. And while you were sharing, Anita, I just I felt that so strongly because I think sometimes we can equate the love of God to um, feeling good all the time. And and if if God speaks something to me that corrects me well, and I don't feel great, well, then it must not be God. But actually, he's a loving father. And if he's correcting me, like in Proverbs, it says like to receive correction and receive instruction, like it leads to life to receive rebuke. like And God has disciplined me and corrected me many times in my life. But I haven't Ever been in a place where I have felt like his correction has been one that is mean or one that is um, like he's trying to punish me? I, it it always has brought me to this place of I just I need like he loves me so much that he's he's uh, what what am I feeling? He is um, he refuses to leave me where I am he's always calling me higher from glory to glory he wants to grow me and over my journey even though like i have felt those moments of i know that you're growing me i know that you love me i i have to remind myself that he like he's a good father like he's not correcting me to shame me to condemn me that is not who he is there is no condemnation But I have to be a daughter who is okay with receiving correction and receiving the discipline of the Lord because it grows me. And as a mother, Mm -hmm. look, if I correct my children, they would be wayward and they would be, you know, it, it brings us to a place of maturity. And I feel like right now, Anita, that we're in that place where God is maturing the saints. He's maturing the church. And he's bringing us to a place that says, you know what, I'm all in no matter what it looks like. Even if I feel uncomfortable, I want Jesus however, like he shows up, however he refines me, shakes me, like my life is not my own. Like I I love him unto death, like that place of all in, abandoned, I am not living for myself. I'm living for him. I feel that sold out All in consecrated, like burning first love fire so strongly, um, more than I have before. So I just I
2: loved what you said, those words, Mm -hmm. higher maturity of love. Yeah, I love how you talked about the correction of the Lord because even Hebrews 12 talks about that. Mm -hmm. But there's a proverb that says, A parent that leaves a child to themselves, it brings shame to the parent. Well, it's the same with the Lord, if he leaves his Body, if he leads us to ourselves, we will bring shame to him. And you know, I really feel like there is this tightening. There's a there's a narrow that we're going through the narrow gate. Well, I mean, yes. it is the narrow gate. We, but I guess the narrow gate is being made us made aware that that is what our walk is. And and those that you know, he says, few are those who find that gate. Few are those like he said it. Few want to go through the narrow gate and so it's like i i was what courtney was talking about before that psalm what i I just want to pick up on was that part where the lord said and i will desire her beauty and there is something like about the lord requiring he told me that once years ago he said i require your beauty and and then he showed me about Mm -hmm. esther and how you know the king it's a it's a prophetic analogy really the king called for vashti and vashti's name in the hebrew actually means beautiful and so he called vashti to come and display her beauty before his kingdom and it's a type of the lord with his bride he the beauty of the woman reflects the majesty of the husband and it's the same with us the beauty of us reflect the glory of god the glory of the king and so he required vashti to come and display her beauty before his kingdom because it was a reflection of of him and she refused she said no i'm not going to come and but then it was like the lord in this story you know he was counseled the king was counseled to remove vashti from office because of the sake of the kingdom that was what they said it is for the sake of the kingdom because if you if you allow rebellion to remain there will be anarchy and so the lord i see you know we can see this on so many different levels but we can see this on a on a corporate oh so many different levels but let's just talk about a personal level that you know the lord i guess the bride is esther we know that that's that's the type in the book of esther and and she you know, it wasn't her choice to be queen. She didn't, she didn't really want that. She didn't sign up for that, you know. But, but the heart of her surrender and her humility, she found favour with all those who saw her. But you see this, the, the preparation process. Let's go back to this preparation process of the bride. Her pre- she had a preparation process and there was six months of the oil of myrrh and oil of myrrh represents purification. It is the scourging. they used to scourge their skin and to the point where it was almost like see-through. The purification process in those days was super um, kind of, you know, a really harsh kind of thing that they used to do. And, and so the oil of myrrh always speaks of um, anointing of death. It always speaks of um, that kind of purification uh, oil and, and so she had that. And then she had six months of beautification. And so that is what God takes us through. He takes us through a purification to be beautified. And then he, she was presented. So it's purification, beautification, presentation. But why was she presented? She was presented to demonstrate. And it's the same with us. She was to demonstrate a, a mandate that she her destiny was to you know save a whole nation not that she knew that at the time of her purification and a lot of the time we don't understand where god's taking us there's an office of government that all of us as sons and daughters have we are all called to rule and reign as sons and daughters. It's whether we're going to go through the narrow gate or not is whether we're going to rule and reign. That's really where it's at. And so she was called to govern, but she had to start with purification. The purification led to the beautification, which the beautification whether whether was the favour of God. So God, after we're purified, which we don't feel like much favours on us at all, we're in this space of like <laughs> everything's like not working, everything's like... You know, it's just like, and so that purification. It's
1: a a lot of prayer for mercy. Like I find myself when I'm in those, I'm like, just (laughs) mercy. Like I just throw myself on your mercy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's beautiful because it, 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 it brings a dependency upon us in our life. And that's like the song of songs actually says, who is this coming out from the wilderness? I guess the purification part is the wilderness season. And who is this? Because now she's unrecognisable. Whoever she was when she went into the wilderness is not the same girl that comes out of the wilderness because who is this? She's now unrecognisable because she's leaning on her beloved. See, the wilderness creates this space where we learn to to yield and we come out of our strength, which is unbelief. Unbelief Mm -hmm. is doing it, me, myself and I, doing it ourselves, And we come to a space of surrender where we go, God, you're the only one who can do this. I can't but I lean on my beloved. And so then the favour of God came on Esther and she had favour in all who saw her. And so that was the where she was presented to the king because she now was about to step into mandate. She was now about to step into demonstration. And that's what the Lord called us to do, to demonstrate the kingdom on this earth so that we make his enemies his footstool. So mm-hmm. that's practically Esther's, the preparation of the bride of purification, beautification, Presentation.
0: Have we lost you, Anita? I
1: don't know.
0: We may we have. have.
1: It's the holy pause.
0: It is. Sailor, <laughs> ladies. Sailor.
1: <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> I always yeah. like to, when, whenever those, those pauses come, I always know that it's the Lord saying, wait, wait, wait. I really need you to let that sink in. Like I wrote down, I wrote down all three of those, purification, beautification, and demonstration. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is huge that is huge
0: yeah 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 there's definitely um i love that anita was just sharing like that place even in the wilderness like that's the place where we learn to depend that's the place where we learn to um yeah to really yield and um and we come out of that place looking unrecognizable because of the fire and what he has done in that place here she is and she's back hello Don't know what happened there.
1: We you said you it was the holy your... pause.
0: That's right. Pause and reflect on what Anita yes. just said. <laughs> um, I've lost what I was going to say. Where, where were we caught? Did you have anything
1: you wanted to wrap up with with your last thought about that? Because I felt like you were mid sentence in that Anita.
2: Don't remember. No, well, I was done. Yeah, I was done. Okay. Okay.
1: I did have something I wanted to to go back to because I felt like I was hearing it continually throughout what you were sharing. You asked a question earlier, you said, what does it, what does love look like whenever we can't feel him? Yeah. And you know, when you, we talk about wilderness, that is a place of intimacy. So it, that is, a, it, it's a place of privacy. Um, and so many times, you know, a lot of times wilderness kind of gets a bad rap and I'm kind of like, get excited because stuff is about to happen it, again. It's not comfortable, but something's going to happen. Something's going to shift. Um, but what I was hearing when you were saying that to what kept coming to my mind is just that place of humility. Um, like what does love look like where when we can't feel him? And And for me, a lot of that in my walk, that's been that place of humility of, you know, my flesh and my carnal eyes want to speak louder than what my spirit and my heart knows to be true. And in this moment and been in some moments where it's been very loud and I've not always handled them beautifully. So I get to try again, but I've had those moments where it's like my flesh wants to be the loudest voice in the room. And Mm -hmm. I remember having a, a struggle. There was, Something going on with my daughter. I think I spoke about this in one of our other episodes, Lana, where, um, you know, uh, one of my kiddos, Anita, has, has uh, dealt with a um, uh, neurological condition for a couple of years. And we had this moment and it was looking not good and it was feeling not good and everything around it felt not good. And I remember sitting there in the room and I had that opportunity to go down the path of, where are you, Lord? what, what the heck you said this, and this is going on. And I don't know if I can, like, I don't know if I can believe you. I had that opportunity, but then I felt the spirit say like, let's do something different this time. And I remember thinking, okay, Lord, you have spoken to me so many times about this. You have showed yourself present and faithful. And I know you're here and I know you see it. And it was like that. And I can feel it on me now That one moment of humility of saying, and I'm not trying to exalt myself and saying, look at me, I'm so humble because there's lots of struggle that went on in between then. And I'm sure there will be battles to come. But that moment of humility of just saying like, I know you're here and I don't understand it all, but I know your heart is for her to be well and for peace to be here. So- if I can accept that, if I can focus myself on that truth, that like, that's the truth of I'm believing when I don't see that takes that level of humility, but it also kicks that flesh down and says, shut up and sit down because you're not going to be the loudest voice. You're not going to be the loudest one that I listen to. So when you ask that question, like, what does love look like? when we can't feel him. I'm curious as to what that looks like for you. Like what has, how has that played out like in, in your life I, and in your walk?
2: I percent love what you just said yeah. because I never <laughs> ever hear anyone speak about yeah. faith equals humility. Yeah. And in one of my books I had a whole section on that because I feel like people have this idea of what faith looks like And they think, oh, to be in faith, I've got to be always bold. I've got to be always believing, always. No, to be in faith, you have to be completely surrendered. Come on. Faith is surrender. And that's why Abraham was the father of faith because Mm -hmm. he surrendered to the point of offering Isaac. It wasn't like, oh, I believe God so so great. No, he surrendered. And that is the battle of faith in my life. I don't know if other people, but when you said that, I'm like, oh, good, because someone else is like me. <laughs> because, because the natural, you want to throw a fit and just and just lose the plot. And I've lose, lost the plot many times in, in my space of just frustration, the lack of breakthrough, the, like, the length the season almost the length of the season can do your head in and it's like you know it's it's there's many components to faith and it's not this I believe I believe I believe and I'm always you know like confessing the word and blah 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 no to believe him is to go do you know what in those times when you don't see is to go I choose I don't feel it Mm that I choose and I choose to trust I just choose to trust because trust is a part of faith. You know, there's many dynamics of faith and love. Like let's let's see love as faith because faith does not work without love. So mm-hmm. I, to me, I can't separate faith and love, even yeah. though you can have the gift of faith. Gift of faith is different. It's a gift. And it operates for you to, for the miraculous to happen. And yes, we can have the gift of faith. That's not what I'm talking about faith. faith gift of faith is different from the walk of faith. The just mm-hmm. shall walk by faith. It doesn't right. say the just walk by the gift of faith. The just shall walk by faith, and so that that is a that is a relationship. Faith is relationship because it yeah. chooses to surrender the mm-hmm. heart in, in under the word of God. You know how that scripture says um, we submit under the word of God because it has the power to save mm-hmm. our soul. So. Mm-hmm word of God is not just the logos of you know by your stripes I'm healed the word of God is the prophetic revelatory instruction of God for you it yes. is that uh, rhema word when we submit and go you know what right now circumstances say this but your word is still active God you spoke this yes. I'm really annoyed right now that I'm <laughs> actually going through this because it's painful my soul yes. is During pain because I have to see my child suffer or I have to see this happen and, and, you know, I'm experiencing physical, emotional, mental pain right now, but I choose to submit under the Rhema prophetic revelatory word, whether that's logos, whether that's a scripture, whether that's a dream, however this has come, because it actually has the power to save my soul. It actually has the power to bring peace, deliver. It has the power because... Yeah, it's not just God even said to me, you know what, Anita, your promise is not your savior. The yes. outcome, the oh. outcome, the, outcome of, the outcome of victory is not going to save you. Right. It's not going to make you better. It's mm-hmm. not going to make you you okay because there's always going to be something else you're not okay with. No, right. I am your savior. I always will be. Mm-hmm. And when we center back in that, because we're looking for this breakthrough to rescue us from anxiety or rescue yeah. us from pain or rescue us from everything but it's that surrender of humility that says i'm just going to trust and Mm -hmm. that's what israelites didn't do they surrendered to fear when the spies came in because they were annoyed at the process that they actually had to fight for their inheritance they just Mm -hmm. wanted it handed to them on a silver platter
0: wow I can I, I just want to say, you know, and you use the word, uh, you choose. And I think that word right there is so important. Like in that place of surrender and that place of humility, like Courtney, what you're sharing. Wow, like I just, I, I golly, like the revelation, I, I don't even have words to articulate like how important what you and what anita you've just said like especially i know i'm coming back to this new era but i'm feeling it so strongly on me like I remember asking the Lord, God, you're going to do all these incredible things in this new era. You're talking about unprecedented. You're talking about what we've never seen before, going where we've never been, all of these glorious things. but And you're talking about shaking and purifying and refining as fire. Like, how do I position myself in all this stuff that you're going to do? Like, what is the key position for the new era to align myself in walking with you in all you're going to do? And what he said to me was the word humility. He said to me, it's humility. He said, that is the key for the new era. He said, don't overcomplicate it. Like... (laughs) talk about correction the Lord says to me you you often uh overcomplicate things Lana I said no I don't said, yes you do He's <laughs> like it's simple it's the place of surrender even when your soul is screaming like you said Anita Courtney how you shared your you know part of your journey that is a very real place where your flesh is going Hurrah! and screaming and really? can be so loud right yeah and there's so it's so loud But in that moment, we have a choice of where we align. And I know in times in my life, I have just let myself just kind of get carried along by the the sound of my soul. Like, oh, yeah, it's really hard and how much longer and this season's been going forever. And then, Anita, I I did exactly what the Lord said to you. I put my roots down in the hope of the season shifting. And the Lord said to me very clearly one day, he said, Lana, he said, your hope and your stability, your maturity, your life is not found in you putting your roots down in, okay, I've just got to get to the end of this season, then it'll be okay. He said, if you live like that, he said, then when the next storm comes, he said, and the next season comes, he said, you're never going to be strong and stable. You'll be knocked around and tossed around by the waves and the wind. He said, you must be in a place of that where you're submissive submitting to my word, like where, like the Logos and the Reim are exactly what you were saying. And Anitra, I'm coming back to that word maturity. I think that's right now like we have to be people that are living with a resolve that says even right. if I'm in so much pain and my soul is screaming in every direction, am I going to elevate the sound of my soul or am I going to elevate the word of God? Because the word, what he speaks, his logos and his rhema, my circumstances bow to that. Like my theology of the Lord cannot change because of my circumstances. So if his word and Never is always uh, true, which it is. It's living, it's active. If he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, then he's my stability. And that place is where I live in this place of humility where I'm constantly making the choice to surrender and to give up my control and to let go of my control of how I think it's got to look or when it's got to look this way or how I think it's got to turn out. And submit myself to the word of God, knowing that he is good, knowing that he is loving and he's always working for my good. Because I think sometimes how we see God and the revelation of his nature will affect my submission and my humility. If I think he's not working for me, I'm going to have a really hard time in surrendering and, and laying everything down. If I'm thinking that maybe he's not as loving as the word says he is. So I think I just love this conversation because we started with the bride. We started with being in love and fully consecrated and him pursuing us and us pursuing him. And now here we are at humility and surrender. I can't live in that place if I'm not constantly living in a place where I know he is good. Like I know yeah. he is good. i Know His word is true. I know He is for me and not against me. So as I'm living in that place, then I'm able to live um, deeper and deeper in that place of surrender. it's so good. Yeah, That's good.
1: That's so good. There's there's a verse in Psalm 37, Psalm 37 verse 11. But the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy mm-hmm. abundant peace. Yeah like there it is right there that prerequisite i guess you could say and that 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 must be a door that must be a gateway as well to inheriting the promises is that place of humility and i loved what you were saying earlier anita about humility just being that's a part it's a part of faith it's a part of laying down what i can do because a lot of times i think we think the walk of faith the word of faith i've got to have this strength i've got to have this about me you know i'm not gonna doubt i'm not gonna have any of that and it's like well but let's be real sometimes maybe we do maybe we do fight with it maybe we do have stuff that comes up and it really is that that picture of humility of saying you know what it's not completely dependent upon my it's not my goodness it's jesus it's just him it's just his it's what he's done it's his goodness and and I can lay myself on that, like you said, mercy, Lord. Like that, that for me is that part of that, that place of humility. Um is that place of laying down what, and just saying, here you
2: go. I love what Lana was saying about giving up your control, because that's part of humility. Like we're all different personalities. We're all, you know, and some of us, you know, we control from different places of our personality. Like we think, you know, there's we think just strong people might be more susceptible to control and it's not the case. We, is a root of control. And so, you know, um, we humility is definitely the antidote of control as well, because we can get so frustrated because God's not doing it the way we want as well. It's not just yep. even timing or it, we, we want, we try and say, all right, God, you promised me this. So you're going to do it this way, or I'm going to do this, and you bless it, and mm-hmm. and then we get frustrated, we fall on our face, and we, yes. we get frustrated that this isn't working. But I'm working for you, God. But the mm-hmm. Lord's like, well, whoever asked that, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking you to work for me. I'm <laughs> I'm just asking you to listen, you know, and oh, wow. and so it's 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 that surrendering control. I think is a really big key in humility because we just want what we want and it's that's the truth we do we just want and sometimes it tips over into this now we're no longer the bride but now we've turned into like god's the genie and we'll rub him baby magic one god let's just you know like i love our lana said jesus is my like he's not our backpack i'm like oh my gosh yeah the bag of tricks it's like we want the bag of tricks you know like Yes. Just tell me what I'll do, a trick, and you made your magic wand, and let's just let it happen. And God's like, Well, grow, like Lana was saying, we've got to grow up. that that is such a worldly concept of our yeah. relationship with our God. Mm-hmm. And it's actually uh, a, a concept that's been fashioned by a magical, fan- fantasy, uh, idealistic way. Of, mm-hmm. of our walk with our Father, and and so you know that's why Paul said about offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. He also tagged in there, don't be fashioned and formed and molded after the wisdom of this age, because mm-hmm. then your walk of faith is going to be marred, and you're going to get more frustrated because you're think you're trying to mix this with faith. It can't mix. So yeah, yeah I just I know that went off from control, but that's we've got to. Surrender our oh, mindset of how God does things and how He wants to do things. And He will always do what He said differently to what we think. And it will always look, the outcome will always look different because it's got to have His signature on it instead of yeah. our little mittens and paws and fingers <laughs> on everything, you know. Yes.
1: Yes. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I,
0: I, yeah. go, Courtney.
1: Sorry. No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask you, Anita, we alluded to it earlier. I feel like we've actually kind of spilled into it already, because I feel like some of the things that you might be sharing, we've already kind of touched on. Um, at least that's what's kind of burning within me. But we did want to ask you, take a moment to ask you, what do you feel like the Lord is saying for the, the new year 5784? The one that's mm-hmm. coming up because right now where we're sitting on the calendar, we're, Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner um when this episode comes out it will have passed but we'd still love to know what is it that you feel the lord is saying uh for the the new
2: year yeah sure well i've got a couple of things just you know in brief um Mm -hmm. but i love what lana said pretty much i concur with how she's uh, i love how she unpacked you know the positioning of the next era but just a couple of specifics the Lord has kind of shown me um and you know I I feel like it will be a season of suddenlies I feel like we're stepping into a space of God performing suddenly so in saying that the bible says that when he says his word he from long of old he has prophesied but when he brings things to pass He brings them to pass suddenly. That's just the way you operate. So it takes forever and a day from the day he says something, but then when he does it, it it happens. And so the other day I woke up with this scripture on my heart and I really felt like it was what we're stepping into in this new space of this new year. And I heard Isaiah 66, um, I think it's verse 8. I'm just going to quickly go there because I think, but it it talks about, um, I heard him say, can a nation be born in a day? That's what I heard. And and you know when you hear the Lord speak, it comes with a massive download. It's like one sentence, but you yeah. understand so much more than that one sentence. Yes. And so I just knew what that looked like, and I felt like the Lord said, um, he was asking, can a nation be born in a day? And I feel like that is the new season of I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do in a day. It's going to, can, can this whole big picture of what I promised you happen in a day? And, and yes, it can. And he says actually here in verse eight, I love this. This is my word for five, seven, eight, four. Who has heard such a thing? And who mm-hmm. has seen such a thing? And when Lana was talking about unprecedented, I didn't know that that's actually what's I haven't really had my ground, my ear to the ground of what others are saying about 5784, except I've heard, you know, the door of promise, but that's about it. And so I'm sitting in this who has heard such a thing and who has seen such things. Then the Lord says, shall a land be born in a day or shall a nation be brought forth in a moment for as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. So I feel like as soon as she was in labor, you know, sometimes labor takes forever forever. All of us women, we know what it's like. Um, some some, of you blessed ones out there have them spontaneously within an hour, but others of us have to labour for hours on end. And so it says, you know, as soon as. So when labour comes, bang, she brings forth. That's the suddenly of God. We're pregnant forever and a day, but labour comes on us like that and will bring forth. And I had this dream the other night that exactly that it was like contraction started and I tried to push in my own strength but it wasn't my push it was mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the baby came out un- like, no pain and in a moment and wow. and the Lord took me back to verse seven and it says before Zion travailed she gave birth mm-hmm. so there was no travailing there was no pain and then it says Um, Before her pain came upon her, she was delivered from a male child. So I really feel like that's a picture of this next season. I feel like the pain has been in the preparation, but in the delivery, it's going to be quick and it's going to be God's going to do it because he says then in verse nine, and this I've been standing on for a long time. Verse nine says, shall I bring to the moment of birth and not cause it to come Mm -hmm. forth? says the Lord, shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? And the Lord says, no, when I when I say it's time, I make it happen. And Isaiah 61 verse, I think 22 says that at the appointed time, when the time comes, I, the Lord, Yahweh, I make it happen. And that's what we've got to remember. In my dream, I tried to push, but at the end of the day, it was God who made it happen. And we think, you know, we're so used to working and battling and yeah. you know, putting all of our effort into actually arriving to the delivery date and then we go, what, you're going to do it? You're going to make it happen? And it's like, and that that shift of position is really tough, i found, because we're so used to fighting and we're so used to standing and having all of our energy just to remain and not give up and not run away. And then all of a sudden God says, oh, I'm going to do it because Mm -hmm. you actually can't bring forth a nation in a day. Only I can do what hasn't been seen and what hasn't been heard of. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like as we enter this door um, of promise, as it's been prophesied, we're entering into the suddenly of God bringing forth what he's promised. And I do believe it's a Joseph season. I do believe that God is going to elevate, promote and position in this season, to gather in a space of uncertainty and in a space of advancement. That's what I see.
0: Wow. You know, Anita, I can't even say amen loud enough. I um, (laughs) am. Oh, just everything you've said, I'm like, my spirit is burning. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I, I feel like the Lord has been speaking so much and preparing us for this moment and exactly what you were just sharing and i had this encounter with the lord a couple of um weeks ago and i heard this sound of like waters and i was like what is that and the lord said to me um i wrote it down here um he said to me um about waters breaking as you go through the door of 5784 and it was all about this birthing and i said to the lord like what what is what what does the birthing look like and he said it's the unprecedented accelerated move and i just you articulated it so beautifully and so powerfully i feel like that like that's the word of the lord ladies like i really want you to hear that because i know that there are some of you listening that have, have uh, been through such a long journey and you've heard that word suddenly for a long time. And you've gone, yeah, I've heard that word suddenly. I've been there too, right? I've gone, God, I hear you saying suddenly, and then <laughs> the journey keeps going on. But I, I want to like amen so loud what Anita just said, because we're in a Kairos time and I just, I feel like we're in that moment right now, what Anita said, like as we enter through that door of promise, that it's the suddenly of God. But what I feel so strongly is that God wants to highlight as well, that it's by his hand, not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. Like there is a, there's a demonstration of his power we're going to see in this next season that will cause us to be in awe of who he is. And even that awe, like that, uh, that unprecedented, accelerated, powerful move of the Lord, the suddenly is also a place of deliverance. It's a place where you, you just, you're delivered of the, the stuff where you're like, I tried to do it in my own strength. Like I can't do this. It brings us deeper into this place of dependence and this place of like, you know what, <laughs> it really is all about him. And it really is in him and through him and by him. And so I just wanted to jump quickly on the back of that, Anita, because I, I, I just resonated so strongly with what you were sharing. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. all of that. So good.
0: so good. So
1: good. I just have one last thing to add and then I'll wrap us up. Back in, it was a couple months ago, I was walking out to my Jeep and I looked out at an area of our yard and it was middle of summer, very green, very hot, and in a flash, I had a vision and I could see all of the snow piled up. And it was like, it was trans- one on top of the other. I could see the green, but I could see the snow on top of it. And I was like, I said, Lord, what is this? And he said, started talking about this time. And immediately I knew it was Isaiah 55, 11, where the, the rain comes down and the snow comes down. And he said, Courtney, these are prayers that have gone out. These are, are things that you have spoken, that you have sowed, that you've released, and they've all come down and they've, they're sitting here and I could see that. The snow had already started to melt. And I knew that it was, I just knew in my knower that this is a, it's a fulfillment of promises, but it's a, especially those that have been a long walked, that they've yeah. you've just faithfully and continually spoken out over and over again, that this is what I oh, believe. So. This is what I, Lord, this is what you say. This is your word. And that standing in that place that I, you know, talking about going through the open door and the open door of promise. I really believe that this is, like you said, Anita, the suddenlies. It's all of those times. We think suddenlies are just about that moment, and they are. But there's all those times where we've spent walking and we've spent praying, and we've—and the Lord has been praying and interceding, and he's been speaking, and it's all coming to that point of, of the suddenly of that fruition. So amen and hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: So good. So good.
1: So Anita, if anyone wants to follow along with you, where can they find you? Where can they connect with so, you? Too?
2: Social media on Anita Alexander page, our website, revivalflame.org, revival-flame.org. Um, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. I've yes, yeah, so a YouTube, YouTube, just Anita Alexander on YouTube. I've got lots of teaching on there. Yeah. So you can find Good. me on all those different places. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And there is
1: such a, a weighty weightiness, like I could feel it, kind of that holy hush coming in when you were prophesying over this year what you hear the Lord saying. And we would just love it if you wouldn't mind praying um, whatever you feel the Lord putting on your heart for for the ladies.
2: Sure, sure. So, Father, we're just we're just so grateful for who you are and who you are in our lives. And, Lord, we just thank you for where we've come and where we've come from and where you've brought us from, Lord. And we just thank you that as we step into this new season, that we we are shedding old garments, we're shedding old mindsets, we're shedding it's almost like old skin, like uh even the the, the caterpillar, even in this season, is coming out of the um the cocoon as a butterfly. And We just thank you, Lord, that we are entering into a new place of by your spirit. We're entering a new place of of surrender. But as we surrender, as John the Baptist said, less of us and more of you, we're actually entering into a season of the more. And, God, we just thank you that as we step in and step through, that your grace is sufficient for us And your power is made perfect in our weaknesses. We thank you that that is our mantra in all aspects of our journey, God. Even the good times, the mountaintops and the valleys, Lord, your grace is always sufficient for us. And we just thank you, God, that that you are inviting us deeper into a space of, of surrendered belief, that God is going to cause us to be like Isaiah says, to mount up with wings of eagles and to soar above and to run and not grow weary and to walk and not faint. We thank you, Lord, for an acceleration and a refreshing and a newfound strength and wind upon our steps and our belief, our walk, our prayers, our engagements, our relationships, God, that you would renew, you would bring renewal of strength, renewal, of sight even in this space Mm -hmm. that would broaden our horizons and cause us to have greater expectation than ever before. We just thank you for that, God, even a resurrection life to be breathed upon hearts that seem even in spaces of dry bones, that even seem in spaces of Lazarus' tomb, God. There would just be a breath of resurrection life to come and breathe over ones that would bring them awake into um, a newfound first love in their life, Lord. We just thank you for all that you have set before us in this space, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. amen. Wow, we Thank you, Anita, my friend, awesome. Godly. Oh, I don't want to hit end recording. I could just sit here for so long and just delight in, Wow, the way that the Lord has been moving. So, thank you for joining us. What a what thank a you gift much. you are! Thank you for having me. It's been so Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Courtney. Oh, it's been such a joy. Well, lovely ladies, thank you for joining us for another episode of Zion's Company of Women podcast. We love that you are here and uh, and delighting in the Lord with us every week. And we look forward to seeing you next week. We hope that this podcast has blessed you, and we have been blessed by bringing it to you today. If you would like to see more of what Zion's Company of Women is about, please check out our website, zionscompanyofwomen.com. We pray that your